Welcome to the Preacher's Podcast for the first Sunday after Christmas. I'm John Mitchell from Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary, and we are currently in a short series for the Christmas season, which actually covers uh, the Festival of the Epiphany also. The series is called Good News of Great Joy, and you can read more about that on the Foundation tab at Wells Congregational Services. Our preachers for this series, once again, are Pastor Caleb Shanick from Beautiful Savior in College Station, Texas, and Pastor Nathan Beagie from Victory of the Lamb in Katy, Texas. Um, Caleb, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about the weekly theme for this Sunday in this Good News of Great Joy series, if you would. The message of Christ's birth surely is good, uh, and the joy that it brings certainly is great. Uh, the world that we live in uh, doesn't seem to dwell on that very much. Uh, Christmas comes, and as soon as it has come, it's gone. Uh, Valentine's Day decorations uh, are already on sale in the stores, and uh, most of the Christmas um, visual cues, at least, are are gone. Of course, there's the uh, the historical and the liturgical uh, sense of uh, the twelve days of Christmas, and uh, the Christmas season continues after that. But I think just from a very personal and and uh, pastoral practical aspect letting that good news of great joy continue in our hearts um, and uh, that we, we don't need to be caught up in needing to keep celebrating Christmas as if uh, some sort of Christmas in July event was necessary. But, but those promises of Christ uh, is born, a Savior is born for us. This is good news of great joy every day, uh, not just Christmas morning, but every morning that we wake up. And so, uh, so with that, uh, with that news, with that message, with that joy in our lives, uh, we move forward with peace, uh, type of peace that uh, the world cannot give. Um, and so, there's peace on earth uh, because of what Christ has come to do. Right. Yeah, and we'll get into that more with our readings. Speaking of which, let's go to Nathan. Could you remind us, Nathan, of the first and second readings for the day uh, before we get into the gospel as our text? Sure. So the first reading from 1 Kings chapter 8 is a description of one, one part of the dedication of, of Solomon's temple and, and that day. And I guess the question, what happens when God enters his house, connecting with when Jesus was there in the temple with Simeon in the gospel? Well, if Jesus came in his full glory, then no one could approach him and it's easy to forget with the Christmas story and with as ordinary as he seemed in the temple there in Simeon's arms, 40th day of, of life, that this, this is the God who lives in unapproachable light. And he is fully God at all times. Well, God's priests at the temple dedication had a, an experience with connecting with that a little more than maybe Simeon did because they, on that day, carried the Ark of the Covenant to its place in the most holy place. And they had sacrificed so many animals, couldn't even be recorded or counted. And then they didn't even need to rely on the symbol of the Lord's presence there with the Ark, because the glory of the Lord in the form of a cloud filled the entire temple, and the priests were unable to function. They, they couldn't approach the Lord with their usual way of doing things there to serve him in the temple. And so it's 
it's a, a very fascinating account. Uh, I have to admit at first glance, I thought, what does this have to do with Luke 2 and Simeon and Anna? But then the more I dug into it, the more it really fascinated me and I enjoyed the, the connection there. Colossians 3 is the connection to when the glory of the Lord fills your heart as it did in the temple that, that day in 1 Kings and as it did in Simeon's heart and Anna's heart in Luke 2, then there's lots of things that, that happen in, in your lifestyle. Who are you? You are not someone who's defined by the world, but you are God's chosen, holy, and dearly loved people. And what do you do now? Really, you put on Christ's clothes, the description there in Colossians 3. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. You have resilience. You bear with each other in ways that are loving and not, not uh, losing your temper all over the place. You have forgiveness. And then, of course, the, the one that binds it all together is, is love. The peace of Christ rules in your heart. He's not just a, a spectator sitting on the side and, and kind of a, a sidebar, I guess you'd say, asset to your heart. The, the peace of Christ is ruling in your heart as God's word is dwelling in you richly. And I, I think Colossians 3 really is great descriptions of the hearts of Simeon and Anna both uh, in the gospel. And then the summary verse there at the end, whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus with peace of Christ ruling in your heart, God's word dwelling in you richly. And there's a lot to talk about there in connection with, with Simeon and Anna on the day that, that Jesus was there in his 40th day of life. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the piece that Simeon referred to, you know, in Colossians, it's this active thing uh, that, that is um, awake and alive and accomplishing things in our daily lives as we live out our identity as God's holy and dearly loved people. Uh, yeah, thanks for pointing out the connections also with the first Kings reading, the Lord coming into his temple, uh, but yeah, with first Kings in an obvious way, yet the Lord is hidden in some ways there, and then it's just the opposite in, in Luke where, well, here he is in the flesh, but there's no uh, magnificent cloud of, of glory and, and throngs of people with sacrifices. Um well, let's go to our sermon text then. Uh, Caleb, back to you. Uh, preachers have done their text study, looked at this. Would you share some additional thoughts with them about Luke 2, 22 to 40, the gospel of the day? It's a massive text. Once again, um, we saw Luke 2, the first part uh, on Christmas Eve, and uh, here, here's the next installment. And um, my goodness, you know, you've got so many different aspects to this text, starting off with uh, the presentation in the temple there and the fulfillment of the sacrifice. Uh, but then no sooner do we hear that that's what's happening. And all of a sudden we meet Simeon. And as if Simeon uh, and, and just his life didn't give us enough of a sermon, uh, then, then we have the song of Simeon, um, which is a, a sermon in itself. And uh, even before the last note of that song is sung, uh, then all of a sudden we hear Anna and uh, maybe some overlap there between uh, Anna and Simeon where they don't just rejoice in the reception of, of their savior, um, but they, they also take a moment to reflect out loud uh, for Mary, especially to hear the purpose of the child. 
And, um, you know, thanks be to God, we have a savior who, who for, for unto us, a, a child is born to us, a son is given, um, and he was given to die. He was given to rise from the dead. Um, so <clears throat> you get those, those very uh, tender moments again in the life of Mary where she's pondering them. Um, and then, uh, then, yeah, just wrapping it up at the end with, uh, with the requirements of, of the, of the Lord. And, uh, and then another one of those profound statements where God, who does not change, uh, in the person of Jesus changed as he was a child and he grew, um, and, uh, not just in, in stature, but also in wisdom. So, uh, just, uh, another powerhouse text so many different directions uh, a preacher could go with it um and really just a lot of a lot of fun options here i think yeah for sure i mean the lectionaries may be nudging us toward in the sermon series toward the peace uh aspect of it but right it is so rich and there's so many thought-provoking questions that this raises uh as I find with the, you know, the accounts of Jesus early life too, just wow, what was this like? And um, I think we have a number of uh, curious points here in this text as well. Uh, but yeah, we focus in on um, the peace the Lord comes to bring. And, and but let me not say too much, Nathan, um, as you look at this text, what are some of the things that jump out to you that uh, would be helpful for preachers to think about? Well, what, what jumps out to me and um, I find myself, the, the handful of times I've preached on it over the years, I just end up enjoying the song of Simeon so much, I almost don't have a lot of time for the rest of it. And one of these years, I'd like to do the opposite. But if, if you look at his, his song, and one big difference I've often noted about the difference between confessional Lutherans and the evangelical world is our emphasis on Grace, forgiveness, Christ's love as being a dominant characteristic of God and the evangelical emphasis on sovereignty, God's power, his omnipotence, his omniscience. And Simeon starts his song by saying, Sovereign Lord, you are sovereign. You are everywhere. You are powerful. Every inch, crevice, crack of this universe is, is something that you are involved with but he's not saying that because power and wisdom are the dominant traits necessarily it's because of the lord backing up his promises power wisdom but also centered in love and mercy forgiveness grace and the sovereign lord backs up his promises simeon's eyes had seen his salvation and it wasn't something done willy-nilly or or spontaneous it wasn't done in a dark corner that's uh strange and unusual necessarily it's it's something that god had prepared and promised and, and carefully thought through and then done in the sight of all nations and it's ironic that simeon's talking about god's salvation being publicly prepared in the sight of all nations on this day, as, as he's saying this in the temple, who knows how many others were just mm -hmm. passing by, mm -hmm. uh, not even noticing this guy with a baby being really emotional and, and engaged with, with the baby. Um, yet, I guess the, the irony is, is um, something that, that often happens in the scripture. God often does things the way 
you wouldn't expect them to be done. And then right. because of all that, the light for the Gentiles, glory for Israel, Simeon could now be dismissed in peace. And that's that's a huge part of this text, as you, as you mentioned, the peace, being dismissed in peace, to be able to say with, with every fiber of your being from the bottom of your heart, Lord, I am ready for heaven. Anytime is fine. You get to decide. I'm vigorously and also patiently waiting for you. You're in control. I'm not. You can dismiss me in peace. I am your servant and, and you're in charge. Right. So yeah, guess, that's a beautiful, yeah, beautiful thought just uh, in the context of Simeon and then applying it to our lives too. Yeah. Uh, peace makes all the difference in life and in death. Right. Um. Yeah, so thinking about uh, law and gospel in this text, um, maybe revolving around the, the concept of peace, um, yeah, what did you do as you preached the law from this text? I, I guess as as I've dealt with this text and preached on it, um, I've kind of thought of the, uh, uh, the obedience that is required of humans to make peace with God and then that not being there. I don't know. Did you guys think of something similar as a, a malady? Uh, Caleb? Yeah. One, one thought that I was putting together in my mind is you've got these, these icons, these heroes, uh, Simeon and, and Anna, uh, just the descriptive nature of, of their faith. Um, righteous and devout, never leaving the temple, but worshiping night and day. And and uh, you say these must be uh, people who are in some way great. <clears throat> and and I think they are. Uh, but Simeon and Anna were not righteous because they were in the temple day and night for all those years. But the the reason they stayed there as long as they did and enjoyed every moment that they were there. Uh, was because they knew they weren't righteous. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the righteousness that was required, the righteousness that they needed, that they sought, that they craved, was one that they knew they could in no way conjure up inside of themselves. Uh, but when they saw the promise of God that said the, the righteousness that they crave was conceived in a child and, and brought uh, in innocence and that they would see him, uh, that's why they were in the temple. They they weren't they weren't righteous and devout because they were in the temple. They knew they weren't righteous, and that's why they went to the temple. And then God fulfilled it in this wonderful way uh, that they were actually able to put hands on the Savior, that little baby, uh, at that precious time in His life. So I would be uh, again not their righteousness, but Christ's righteousness, a, a requirement of God uh, that that was not in themselves, but then obviously able to be seen in Christ. Um, right. Um, yeah, fulfilled the law fulfilled in Christ, righteousness fulfilled in him. And then this is God's gift to them. Uh, and therefore they stand righteous. Okay. So that, yeah, good way of approaching law and gospel based on the text, Nathan, your thoughts on kind of law and gospel uh, approaches from this text. Well, uh, a close cousin of peace is contentment. And so I think about if contentment is the, the gospel result, then the malady to address would be the opposite of that, which would be coveting. 
And so people who are chasing worldly things, gold, goods, more excited about opening a card with money in it for birthday or Christmas. And then at the same time, rushing past holy Jesus, like maybe those people were doing in the temple that day, or, or you're more excited to open a card with money in it than open up a Bible and drill deeper into an insight about God's peace for you. That that would be a way to get at the sin of coveting. Or you're, you're spending your time wrestling for control wherever you can grab it and find it. And as it's slipping through your hands, you try to grab it tighter somehow, even though it's like trying to grab a handful of sand or water. And compare that to resting in God's promises as Simeon was. If you are vigorously, patiently waiting for the Lord to dismiss you, anytime is fine, Lord, for you to take me to heaven, are you missing out? So I think another malady point would be to address what seems to be more and more common, the fear of missing out. If you aren't living hmm. like the rest of the world is, is sprinting, scrambling, chasing, wrestling, and living. And then maybe uh, one that's a little bit different than all those, but I see it in here as well, would be trying to have peace, but it's a, a fake peace where you're not going to bring up sin. You're going to let anything slide no matter what in order to keep some casual, shallow sort of peace that isn't really even peace and not address evil or sin in, in your life or in the, the hearts of others. And Simeon did not do that. He didn't just say the easy stuff. He also told Mary, the sword's going to pierce your own soul and Jesus will be spoken against because he has things to say that are going to be not always received with a, a welcoming heart. The thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And when people's hearts are, are bent on evil, that's, that's going to bring a tremendous amount of pushback. So, so Simeon's aim at peace and contentment was not just saying the easy stuff. It was also addressing sin in order to land in Christ and, and uh, move forward, move forward there. And so I guess the, the gospel I would, I would point out would be, in particular, the part where, where Jesus certainly causes some to fall, uh, but he also causes some to rise. Mm -hmm. And I will rise one day in Christ for eternity. And that's why this, this beautiful, powerful peace that, that uh, is just so precious. Lord, you can dismiss me anytime. Right. Um, your, your call, not mine, and I'm ready. Uh, I would say that would be an important gospel. And, and uh, you also certainly could talk about the, the song of the liturgy, the Nunc Dimittis. And, mm -hmm. and there's plenty of gospel there as you connect this with communion. As the Lord came from heaven to earth to be there with Simeon in the temple, he came from heaven to earth to be with me in the, the real presence. Right. And the end result of all that, of course, is being dismissed in peace. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I was going to point that out too, that you've got uh, um, some options for Nunc Dimittis adding it into the service this Sunday or this season or through Epiphany or Advent Christmas Epiphany seasons. Um, is it uh, 949 to 951 in the hymnal? Plus there's a bonus one in service builder. Uh, and lots of other settings too, but getting that in front of your people and pairing it with uh, a message on that today. Uh, Caleb, additional thoughts? 
with this text, there is such an emphasis on the active obedience of Christ, um, keeping the requirements of the law in their totality. Um, and yet there's no other gospel than the active and passive obedience of Christ. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a package deal. It's not one or the other. And uh, as Nate mentioned, just lest the emphasis be too much on the active obedience of Christ. I mean, here, here's his passive obedience too, suffering and dying. Yeah. Um, and uh, so to, to make sure that both aspects of that are, are present, I think is a, is a wonderful thing. Uh, and then maybe I, I'm thinking of it just in the conversation we're having right now in terms of law and gospel, but maybe it's a little bit of application too. Um, if I've got my notes correctly here, there can be a little bit of a question about Anna if if she was 84 years old or if she was a widow for 84 years after seven right. years of marriage. And if she got married at age 14, she maybe could have been 105. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, there, there's uh, a woman at my congregation, a homebound woman. She's uh, in her 90s. Uh, I just, she just called me, uh, on her cell phone. God bless her. Um, and, uh, just put me to shame. Uh, she was wanting to, uh, figure out how to order a couple extra copies of the hymnal, uh, because, uh, her son, who is a Christian of a different denomination, um, uh, his pastor had come over to the house to visit and, uh, uh, his wife was there and she kind of hit it off with the wife and said, you would really enjoy one of our Lutheran hymns. Uh, and, and then there was a caretaker that she had, uh, a nurse or, or some sort uh, that came to the house uh, of a completely different socioeconomic uh, background, uh, different race and, and whatnot. And she just said, uh, I just told this woman she would just love our Lutheran hymnal so much. Pastor, can you help me uh, get my hands on a couple extra copies of the hymnal so that these women can have them? And I just said, I'm probably close to the prime of my ministry. Uh, and yet here's this 90-year-old woman who just <laughs> cannot be quiet about how much she loves Jesus and her Lutheran hymn. But, um, but there, you know, th there you have Anna. Um, and, and she spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of, of, uh, of Jerusalem. You know, were there people there who were saying, Oh, thanks. Thank you. Kind old woman. It's nice to talk to you, but I need to get on with my busy life. Um, you know, did people hear Simeon and say, well, that's, that's a nice man saying something, but I need to get on with my, I need to get the sacrifice done so I can get back to my busy life. Um, and so, you know, just as I said, is it law and gospel? Is it application? They all are part of the same conversation ultimately, but, mm -hmm. um, that God would give me the, the steady confidence of, Every every opportunity is a, is an opportunity to proclaim and share the gospel, um, and to find the joy and peace in doing that. Um, and um, and by by God's grace, I mean there is joy and peace in doing that. We we see it. We love we love it when we go to worship. People love it when they come to worship. They they leave with a peace uh, that they otherwise wouldn't have. And how quickly we forget it, but how wonderful it is to to have that brought back time and time again. Right, right. Yeah, I 
think in similar terms, and this might be a suggestion for a, a thematic approach to the sermon, but um, to focus on that idea of peace and God's gift of peace, and then first on kind of how how it has come to us through Jesus, yeah, act of obedience referred to many times here. And then, yeah, as you both have mentioned, I think Jesus' passive obedience hinted at um, by Simeon, a sword will pierce your own soul too, or you'll be a sign that will be spoken against. Um, so that uh, brought in there as well. So that's how we come to have peace or righteousness, as you mentioned, Caleb, um, through Jesus who fulfills the law, who uh, gives up his life to atone for our lack of fulfillment of the law, makes peace through his blood shed on the cross. Uh, and then, yeah, Simeon and Anna, what that peace does in people's lives uh, once they receive it, um, just to see the confidence that's there, the, the joy that's there in life and in death. Um, yeah, the, the exuberance kind of, of of both Anna and Simeon. Um, yeah, and I've seen it too in, in elderly Christians, uh, just this joy that is there and with seemingly maybe so much stacked against them in life uh, that the peace of God just finds its way out in so many different ways, right, in ways that kind of uh, put us to shame, um, but uh, just beautifully so. Uh, so yeah, the, the peace of God, how it comes to us and then what it does in our lives. So might might be an idea. Um, let me open it up. Other ideas uh, for kind of themes uh, or approaches to the sermon. I know we've mentioned a couple already, but further thoughts on that, or or maybe clarifying what um, what you intend to do with this text, theme wise, or uh, something like that. Nate, well, I'm not exactly sure how you'd put this into a, a theme. Maybe something like peace through the storm or something like that but but i was thinking about each of the three names mentioned in this text simeon mary and anna and, and simeon hmm. perhaps had something rough going on he was waiting for the consolation of israel and death maybe was on his mind that uh god revealed to him you're not going to die till you see the messiah and he had peace in spite of those otherwise rough road types of things. Mary heard, your son is going to be spoken against. And we know that she heard nasty things said to him personally, and he's taunted, he's murdered in cold blood, and yet she held fast to what he came to do for her and, and had peace in spite of the, the rough road, watching her own son, Jesus, be, be the Savior and everything that that entailed. And then Anna was not bitter that she was a widow for so long and wasn't even married um, all that long. But she kept her focus on Christ, kept peace in her heart. And this, this content attitude of I'm going to trust in the Lord and the one who does so is never put to shame and let the chips fall where they may. I have, I have contentment and peace and, and Lord, you can dismiss me in that peace anytime you get to decide. Yeah. Okay. So Simeon, Mary, uh, Anna, and kind of keying off of those three characters and what the peace of God does uh, for them and, and the kind of evidencing itself through them. Uh, Caleb, uh, ideas for how to structure a sermon? The mention of God's requirements um, is, you know, it bookends the text for sure, beginning and end. 
um, the concept is is very is very clear there. And when it come when it comes to the requirements, um, an, another word that we might use would be expectations. Um, and so when what is it that an individual thinks of when they think of the requirements of God? Um, it, it, it could be simply what what God expects of us. Um, but it would also be fair to include in the conversation what we can expect of God. Um, so I, I think that could be a, a way to approach it. What, what is it that God expects? And, um, and then, but what, what also can we expect from God? Um, and uh, obviously the text gives enough examples and descriptions, but then some of those thoughts from Colossians fit in here nicely too. Right, right. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the promises he fulfills, Simeon refers to God keeping his promises. Uh, the, yeah, therefore, what can we expect from God? Well, we can expect him to fulfill his word to us as well. Um, great. Any, yeah, any further thoughts on uh, illustrations, applications, or anything else that might be um, useful for preachers? I know we've kind of blended those in already, some of them in our into our conversation, but uh, anything additional um, you could share with preachers, Nathan? Since this text will come up just after Christmas, it's a natural time to talk about, well, what'd you get for Christmas? Or did you make a Christmas list? If so, what was on it? Did you get what was on it? Shifting that kind of stuff, which is somewhat common at least for, for some who are younger maybe, to thinking about why, why do you even really care about your Christmas list? Because do you remember what was on your Christmas list five years ago, 10 years ago, however long ago, we, we don't. But then shift into Simeon, a guy who had one thing on his Christmas list and received it and his heart was deeply attached to it for very good reason far better reasons than anything that would otherwise be on, on our Christmas list. So I guess mm -hmm. work with and mold and shape the, the Christmas list idea in one way or another. And that's, that's kind of the easy way to get into Simeon and, and the gift of Jesus that he was holding. Sure. Yeah. Assessing what you got for Christmas uh, is a good, good approach. Caleb. Yeah, not necessarily the main point or, or, whatnot, but small and simple is not insignificant. Um, it just, it's just not. Um, and uh, so again, reflecting on Christmas, maybe, maybe you didn't have as good of a Christmas as, uh, mm -hmm. as everyone would make Christmas out to be. Maybe your dinner was by yourself. Maybe, um, maybe you didn't even get to eat dinner with everyone else because you were sick or uh, you were in a nursing home or or your children have just moved away. Um, small and simple is is not uh, insignificant. Um, I I would be very hard pressed to give you a whole lot of details about the tribe of Asher. Mm -hmm. um, there 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 she is, um, just a girl, old girl from the the tribe of Asher. Simeon, maybe similar things could be said. Mary and Joseph, obviously, we've said those earlier in the Christmas season, but small and simple is not insignificant. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, and the peace that comes into their lives through Jesus. Um, yeah. comes quietly in some ways, but right. Uh, yeah. As, as we said before, makes all the difference in the world uh, for time and eternity. Nathan. 
Caleb, I, I really like that intro idea, especially if you're going to be focusing on peace during a rough time. That 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 can be people can have peace regardless of if their Christmas went really good or not so good, or if they're just trying to get through for one one disappointment reason or another. But um, you could still have peace that lasts forever, like like Simeon and the others. Mm -hmm. So good idea. Right. Could, yeah, that reminds really, me. Oh, go could ahead. Could we really ask for a gift any better than what Anna got? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me of a stanza, one of the suggested hymns or possible hymn of the day, 497, O Light of Gentile Nations, which is the one hymn, uh, hymn in the hymnal specifically for the presentation of our Lord for this occasion. But um, yeah, that third stanza talks about, uh, Lord, when life's troubles touch us, you seem to hide your face. And through our tears, we often can scarcely sense your grace. Then be our joy and brightness, our cheer in pain and loss, our sun in darkest terror, the glory round our cross. Uh, it was one of my favorite stanzas. Um, and it just so beautifully says, yeah, as you mentioned, Caleb, well, whatever your circumstances are uh, this Christmas or in whatever part of your life, um, yeah, God's peace changes things um, and makes a difference. Um, great. Any further thoughts or suggestions for uh, preachers? Okay. If not, we'll turn it over to preachers then uh, to go to this uh, incredible text, Simeon, Anna, uh, infant Jesus, fulfilling the law of the Lord with Mary and Joseph, uh, opportunities to proclaim the gospel and the peace that Jesus, our incarnate Lord, gives to us. <laughs> 